Welcome to Let's Get Metaphysical, the show that stretches you beyond your five senses. When you are looking for your next step on the path into the unseen, we've got you covered. Join epic adventure seekers and level up your game with your host, reality magician, Allie Bierman. Greetings, epic adventure seekers. Welcome to your guide to demystifying your world. I'm Allie Bierman, and you're listening to Let's Get Metaphysical, Connecting Heart and Mind. If you've not yet done so, please rate and review our podcast so others can find it. Yours may be the review of the week shared right here, right now. Here's our review of the week. It comes from Legal Warrior. She wrote, Feel Good Podcast. Allie's conversations with her guests are heartfelt, caring, and filled with inspirational ideas to help all of us realize we aren't alone and we each have an internal power that's ready to be harnessed and let out. Ali shares real-life examples and advice. You will feel light and happy after listening to this show. Thank you, Legal Warrior. That is certainly one of my goals, to enlighten and lighten up lives. Today's guest, Tanya Alberti, combines mainstream techniques with spiritual energy work to empower women. Before we jump in, let's take a minute to tell you about the special gift I made just for you. Seriously, I really did create this guide for you, my epic adventure seeker, as you dive into new realms, opening your life to new and different experiences. If you think life just happens to you, that you have no say in the matter, then now is the time to discover your true power, your true control every day in your life. If you continue walking the same path you've always walked, guess what? You'll keep arriving at the same old destination. It's time to forge a new path, to go places you've never been, and to explore a world you've yet to know. My guide, stepping in a new direction, gently grants you a new passage in life. The link to download your copy is in the show notes. Tanya Alberti is an intuitive success coach, spiritual teacher, and healer who's been on her spiritual journey for 25 years. Her passion is helping women who struggle with chronic not-enoughness. She shows them how to reclaim their worth, activate their intuitive awareness, and uncover their life purpose by developing a relationship with their soul. She works with her clients to teach them how to leverage the laws of the universe in order to manifest their dream lives. Tanya utilizes practical techniques such as NLP and hypnosis, including past life and between lives regression to help clients let go of their limiting beliefs. In addition, she incorporates a variety of spiritual practices such as energy clearing to release blocks, as well as channeling guidance in order to bring her clients clarity, connecting them to their own higher wisdom and empowering them to begin living an amazing, soul-led life full of passion, purpose, magic, and miracles. With great excitement, I welcome you, Tanya, to our adventure. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm excited we finally are making it happen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys I know. glitches. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a little challenge, but everything always happens perfectly, and there's a reason that we had some glitches. Exactly. 
You say that your passion is helping women who struggle with chronic not enoughness. I love that term. It gives such a clear picture. I love the description. I'm wondering, did you coin that term? Because I've never heard anybody else use it. You know, it, I, um, I guess I just always called it that because to me, it seems that that was probably my biggest challenge, you know? So um, I kept... I kept kind of thinking, all right, unworthiness is, is something that I think everyone can relate to. So the whole not being enough and chronic not enoughness just kind of seemed like it fit. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm the first one to use that, but I started using it because it's kind of what popped into my head. So <laughs> I imagine that women who are feeling that can identify and know you're the person they want to work with pretty easily. I think... I think that's my biggest reason for why I do what I do, because I think there's so many women in the world through either it be through society or the way they grew up or their relationships when they were young and their families and what they learned. I think so many women do really struggle with that, that and I think people in general, but I think my heart really is for women. So I really feel that the people that come to me all kind of, we all kind of relate to each other, you know, because it's like, I've been there. I, I definitely grew up feeling that way and spent a good portion of my life feeling that way. So that's why I really have, like, that's the main, my main driver for why I do what I do, because I really believe that we are all here with a purpose. We're here for a reason. We are all divinely loved. We are all unique in our own individuality. And I think it's, it's just such a horrible way to go through life feeling like you're not enough feeling like you have to measure up to something, whether it's society standards, you're even your own personal standards. You know, I overcame a lot of perfectionism. And I think as women that kind of, we relate to that in a different way. Men have their own sense of that struggle for worthiness that I feel is different from how women view that. And I think we have such a huge pressure on us from society, whether it be from the media or from social media and all these things to be something that's like the standard of perfection. So that to me, I find that, that a lot of people, particularly women really do struggle with that. So that's why I really, that's kind of like my big driver for why I do what I do. And I've, I raised my kids in the D.C. metropolitan area, so there were all these different cultures there. And I was keenly aware of the role that women in other cultures assumed. And it's like we kind of had it easy as American wives, but it wasn't really easy because, as you were saying, everything is thrust upon our shoulders I was married for 32 years to somebody who thought I sat around all day eating bonbons, watching soap operas. <laughs> and he knew I did all the, I raised two performing kids. He knew my schedule, but to have that kind of thought in his head and the young women I know today, the moms in their thirties and their forties are so stressed and so exhausted because they're still, this is the next generation and they're still doing it all where the husband does his thing. Though I've also also noticed that a lot more husbands are participating a whole lot more in supporting their wives, at least in the American culture. I'm not sure that's still in the other cultures. Yeah. And I think too, I think 
as women, especially in the United States and our culture and, you know, everything's online and it's not even the volume of things that works that we put upon ourselves to do. It's like, there's this, this level of expectation that this whole not enough, I'm not enough. If I'm not this, if I'm not Instagram, Photoshop, beautiful, if I don't have the perfect body, if I don't have what what media and society tells me is the perfect figure, or if I'm not, whether you're in the the mom circle, you know, if I'm not the mom who's got my kids in 50 million sports and all these enrichment activities after school and kids aren't well-behaved and successful kids, you know, that means I'm not enough as a mom. I'm not enough as a wife. If I'm not this, 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 whatever, I'm not skinny enough, pretty enough, you know, popular enough, whatever, fill in the blank. I think we all, I don't want to generalize and say all, but I really feel that there's a huge majority of women out there who really struggle with, I have to be this in order to find value within myself. And that is the biggest lie we tell ourselves on a regular basis, because it's just not true. I really firmly believe, and this is my perspective from spiritual perspective, that we are all divine creations. We are all emanations of the creator, whether you want to view that as God, source, the universe, however you look at it, we are extensions of that energy of creation. Therefore, we are here for a reason. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't exist if we weren't needed and necessary as a unique divine creation. So there's nothing we have to live up to. Of course, we all want to fulfill our purpose. We want to live a life that's amazing and passionate and purposeful, and it's totally possible. But there's no hard and fast rule that says, I have to be this, 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 and this in order to have validation or in order to be uniquely loved. Because we come from love. That's what source is. That's what the universe, it's all about love. And I think we exist in this three-dimensional reality. And there's just so much, we're inundated with so much fear of this, whether it's performance anxiety or feeling like we get all these things, we look outside of ourselves for validation, as opposed to going within, making that connection with your soul, who you really truly are, your higher self, your connection to source. And getting that sense of knowingness about, I am okay. I am fully, completely loved. I am perfect just as I am. And I don't need to look outside of myself for some standard of perfection that I think I need to attain. But it's really only when you get that spiritual perspective by making that connection with your unique soul and your creator, source, God, that you really can get that sense of fully being able to love yourself, embody your purpose and your worth and your value, and then be okay with everything else, if that makes sense. So that's really why I'm so passionate about doing this, because I struggled with that for a long time myself. And your passion comes across very powerfully. And I had a a light go on while you were saying all of that, because I I guess I'm fortunate I never had that feeling of being unworthy or not enough. And no wonder I dislike social media so much for all the reasons that you just went through. I just, I find it annoying. All these people do everything that you just described so perfectly and trying to show the world there's somebody that maybe they really aren't that somebody. And to have an emptiness and not enoughness feeling inside to 
cause you to go out like that. It, it kind of makes me sad, but more than it makes me angry is what it does. Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because there's a big push of social media. Look at what's going on with a lot of the kids today. You've got teenagers, children, not even teenagers, but children, 11, 12 and 13 year olds committing suicide over the fact that they're being bullied online. They're on Facebook and kids are telling them how horrible they are. And because you're not this, you're not that. And I, it really is an epidemic. I think that our society, especially in the United States, has just been, there's been such a drive and a push for appearance and money. And, you know, you have to have this or you're not enough. You have to have a certain stature in life. You have to have a certain amount of money. You have to have so many followers. You have to have so many likes. You have to have this and this, this, or you're not of value. It's just simply not true. And I think it just kind of perpetuates that whole mindset where people growing up, like in my generation, and I'll throw it out there, I'm 51, I just turned 51. My generation, when I grew up, it was very much about the whole supermodel thing. You had to have a certain body type. And I grew up as an athletic child. I was in gymnastics and dance from the time I was two years old and figure skating all the way up through past in high school. And I was very, very conscious about my body. And it didn't help that my, I came from a family that was very, what I like to call fat phobic. <laughs> so when I went through puberty, before I got tall, I'm pretty tall, I'm five nine. Before I got tall, I got a little chubby. And my family, particularly on my dad's side of the family, were constantly making comments about how much weight I gained. And here I am like 10 years old, right? So when I was 11, and this is part of my story, but part of the reason why I do what I do. But when I was 11, I started, I went on my very first diet because I was so worried about being fat and I developed into an eating disorder. And I, all through high school and college, most of my twenties and even my early thirties, I struggled with bulimia. And the thing is, is it was in my mind, so ingrained that unless I had this perfect body that I thought I had to have, I wasn't good enough. And the funny thing is, is like, if I look back at pictures of myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so thin. You know, I was really thin. And I, I think about it now, but in my head, the whole entire time, even though I was thin, I couldn't even see it. You know, I had these blinders on. I was so like, my mind was so focused on the fact that I didn't have this body that I thought I needed. And I, I spent a lot of... <laughs> it really wreaked a lot of havoc in my life. I mean, not just with my own personal health, but in my relationships, my relationships with um, men and romantic relationships with friends. I mean, it really just sunk its claws into so much of my life that I really, it took, it really took my spiritual awakening and my developing that relationship with, with source and with my own soul for me really to shift out of that because I had blinders on. I was like, I am not this unless... I mean, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of love unless I have this perfect life, this perfect body, this perfect image. That's the only thing that is going to bring me value. Otherwise, I'm not valuable. And it's so sad. You know, I think about that and how I used to feel. It really makes me want to cry, you know, as I'm sitting here thinking about it. Because, but it, I mean, that started for me at a young age. And I think today, and that was back, back in the early 80s, it is so much worse now. <laughs> It is so much worse. The pressure that is put on women to be a certain way, to meet a certain standard. I think it's just, it's 
by by leaps and bounds worse than was that I experienced. So I just think about all these kids that are growing up today with this this image of I need to be all of these things in order to have value. It's just it's just simply not true. It's not true. But unless we start teaching people that and helping, and I really firmly believe that that really that spiritual connection is really the best way to really step into who you are by knowing who you are in relationship to source, to God, to the universe. And that's why I, I use that because that's really what helped transform me and my thinking. I was really broken. I was really broken. And it, that was the only thing that really brought me to a place where I could step into who I am and be okay with who I am and begin to love myself because self-love, I was like, it, it was a totally foreign word to me. Like I couldn't even begin to understand how I could like or even love myself. I mean, it was almost impossible. Like it just seemed like something out there for other people, but not for me. So yeah, long story, but. <laughs> I, it's, I, I wanted to uh, elaborate on that. I just, I'm going to take a quick break for our sponsor, me. Sure. Affirmations work 100% of the time. If yours do not produce your desired results, it's time to discover what others do not tell you about how and what to say and the secret no one shares that leaves you thinking affirmations do not work for you. Head over to letsgetmetaphysicalpodcast.com forward slash affirmations for my special offer, Ali Ungles and Affirmation. The link is in the show notes. I, I was listening very carefully to everything you were saying. And I want to know how did you take yourself into that space to learn that you are missing the loving yourself? How did you create that for yourself? Well, it's kind of a long journey. It certainly didn't happen overnight. It really got to a point when I was, I had met a man who I like absolutely was head over heels in love with. And I knew that he was the one, like I knew he was the one. And I had been in a marriage. I had been recently divorced and I had kind of made this list of somebody who I thought would be the perfect person. If I could have any quality I ever wanted, this was my list, right? So I met this guy and he said to me one time, and I was so madly in love with him right off the bat. And it was probably a couple of months into our relationship he was really, we were really in love. And and he said to me one time, because he used to tell me things all the time, you know, he used to tell me, you know, you're beautiful, you're this, you're this, you're everything I ever wanted. And not even just from a physical perspective, but I would always contradict him. I'd always say, you know, that's not true. Or it didn't matter what he said. I was always negating whatever he was telling me. And he said to me, and this, this very clearly, it was like getting hit in the face. (laughs) He very clearly, he looked at me one day and he's like, how can you expect me to love you if you don't even love yourself? And it, it really, that phrase, it truly hit me like a ton of bricks. Because he's like, I can't stay in this relationship if you don't love yourself. He's like, you have to love yourself at least a little bit. He's like, because what's the point? He's like, everything I, every, every amount of love I'm showing you is just bouncing off of you because you're not willing to receive it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of that experience. Plus I had multiple other things kind of going on in the moment, but I'd had a pretty profound experience from a spiritual perspective that really kind of opened my eyes up. And this was kind of all within that same year. And it really made me realize as I had had this experience, 
I guess I could get into that, but um, <laughs> without being long-winded, but I was, I was really just crying out to God. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't like myself. I certainly don't love myself. I mean, there were multiple times where I was in a very dark place with depression, feeling suicidal and not wanting to be here anymore. But I, I really just cried out to God. And I was like, I need this. I can't fix this by myself. I can't. I have all this history and all this stuff, all these thoughts in my head, all this negative programming, and I don't know how to get out of it. So honestly, I was sitting there, I was praying, I was writing in my journal and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden, all I can tell you is that I just, this presence filled the room and I just knew, I just knew in my head, there was, it was like an angelic presence. I felt it. And I felt like I want to cry right now. It was so beautiful. Like I felt so much pure love and compassion and just joy and peace and the peace that just flooded my soul, like to my soul. I can't even begin to explain it. It was so profound. And this voice just started speaking to my heart and it started telling me how incredibly loved we are and, and how perfect we are in the eyes of God and of source and how that we're here learning lessons, but at the same time, just our experience does not define us. And, and just the volume of unconditional love that was just, it rippled through my body. I can't even begin to explain it. I mean, I just was weeping. I was just sobbing and just the, the compassion and the, the peacefulness, it was just like, it just settled over me. I can't even really explain it other than to say that I knew that I was in the presence of something divine and it was so powerful. And it was after that, that I was able, because I kind of, because I really feel, because I tasted a glimpse of, of that love that God has for us, that source has for us that it made me realize, you know, that all of the stuff that I had been telling myself over the years was just not true. It just wasn't true. So I really started working on developing a relationship with the divine and recognizing the divinity within me. And over the years, that's just grown and blossomed. And, you know, my intuition started opening up and I started, I realized that I had mediumship ability that I didn't even know I did. And that I, over the years I learned I was channeling and, you know, things just kind of grew from there. And it really was probably five or six years after that experience that I really was able to get my feet firmly grounded in the fact that we're all here. We are all divine, infinite beings and we are all loved like that. And that's when I really started waking up to realizing that I needed to share this with other people because we live in a world that's hurting. There's a lot of people out there hurting. And this is a time right now when people are really starting to wake up in the world to, to who we are and to who they are. So I'm just really excited to be a part of that right now. And so I left my career. I was a registered nurse for 26 years. I left my career as a nurse and started uh, working with women to kind of help bring them along through the same journey that I've been, hopefully in a much faster and a much less painful way. <laughs> it's, I'm speechless here. And I'm hoping that you've written, at the very least, a short book expressing everything that you just said, because I think it was so clear and so magnificently and so succinctly described. And I think I'm somebody who likes to read. I like to learn on my own. And I imagine there are a lot of other people like me. And you give me a book like that, and I'm going to devour it. So in case you haven't done that already, I know you haven't worked. I have not. I've been... 
pondering that idea. I bet it was, it's something I would like to do. I haven't started on it, but it's been in the back of my mind. So it's, whenever that comes about, I'll definitely let you know. <laughs> Please do. I don't write my books. I tell the universe what I want to write. Yep. And I wait. I do. Yeah. Okay, so you keep us informed when you have that. Absolutely, I will. I'm, the universe has me working on other things at the moment, but it's in, it's in the works for the future. But for right now, um, yeah, the, I, I definitely, and I take that same approach too. I sit down every day and I have my spiritual practice. I, I sit and I meditate and I, I listen to my guidance. I listen to my soul and I will channel my guides. And I usually channel out loud. I used to write, I used to do like automatic writing, but I usually I'll sit anytime I go to post anything online, whether it's whether I'm creating content for my, my programs or for, you know, what I'm posting on social media, when I'm writing anything I put out in the world, I always make sure I listen to what source wants me to express because to me, it's not really coming from me. It's coming from higher guidance and higher wisdom. So I try to just be the channel to be able to express that love. So yeah. You, you reminded me years ago, I've never felt that I was a medium, though sometimes when I'm working with a client or with a friend, words come out of my mouth and I say, that wasn't me, that was a message coming through me. I used to fall asleep while I was sitting at the computer, but I keep typing. So <laughs> later I look to see what I type. So maybe I was... Um, <laughs> I Absolutely. Listen, everybody... We are all spirit. We all are our nature and who we are at our core is spirit. We are all connected. We are all connected. We're connected to each other and we're connected to source. We're connected to spirit in the spirit realm and astral realm, whatever you want to call it, another dimension, if you want to look at it that way. Um, but we all have the ability. And this is what I teach people. We all have the ability to communicate not only with our soul, but with our guides, we all have a team of guides. We have angels. We have ascended masters. We have loved ones who've passed on in spirit are, are all who guide us in our journey in this existence, in this incarnation. So we all have the ability to communicate with them. And it really is just kind of like a skill. You know, you just need to start practicing it and tuning in and listening and allowing that information to come through you. And everybody does it. We don't even realize it. And the funny thing I think is so comical is that even people who are completely not aware of any kind of spirituality or they don't have any belief or they're not connected or they don't think they're connected, that source still uses those people to give messages to other people too. So even if you're not, you know, and I'll tell you a perfect example, this is so funny. When I was really first starting to open up to the possibility of doing mediumship, I thought maybe I was supposed to do mediumship. You know, I thought that was part of my life path that I was supposed to do that like and work as a medium, you know, like James Van Prague or something like that, you know? And, um, so, and I found this out because the very first time I really started to sit down and meditate, I would get spirit showing up. I would see them in my mind. I would hear them. And I'm like, what is going on? It was freaking me out. And, um, so I thought that I was supposed to do that. So I started asking the universe. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. And in the same day, four different people said the same thing to me. One was my husband. One was a total stranger, one I heard on TV, and one was a good friend. They all said to me, don't worry about it, just let it unfold. When I was talking to them about, you know, this, this mediumship and what am I supposed to do with it? They're like, just let it unfold. Even my husband, who is not, at the time, 
had no concept of even what I was talking about with mediumship because he was completely like, whatever, that's your woo-woo, juju stuff. I don't know anything about it. But I remember we were laying there. He's like, just let it unfold. I'm like, what did you say? <laughs> and I was, at, I was at a store and the lady's like, I was talking to, I was at a metaphysical store and I was talking to the clerk and some lady walked by and she's like, you know what? Just let it unfold. I'm like, what did you say? To <laughs> but I mean, literally the same words. But the thing is, is source uses people all the time to speak through. So our guides drop those messages in our head and then, you know, prompt us to say them in the right moment. So absolutely. Were you, you have to sleep and writing messages? Absolutely. I firmly believe a hundred percent of the time that happens to everyone. I know recently I sent you a message, a private message. I said, have you been inside my head? <laughs> so you, you keep saying the same things I'm thinking. And the episode that went live today was called What is Spirit? And I introduced the concept of talking to your spirit, your guide, your angels, the universe. So we're very, very much in tune and on the same wavelength. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I also, I had a similar experience when I wasn't, I, I was a beginner on, the, I'm, I always had some spiritual inclinations that I didn't understand. I just knew I was different and knew things other people didn't know. But at one point when I was jumping into it at a deeper level, I had three different people. I did they didn't know each other. They were strangers. And my legal name is Alice. And each of them at three different times in my life said, you are not Alice. And I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. And then when I later learned after I had the brain injury, my spirit said, you're definitely not Alice. And that's when I went to Allie. But that wasn't it either. Because I know the name of my spirit now. And it's like, oh, <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So I I know that you have a gift for our listeners. Yeah, I have actually, I have a couple of things I always have in the works, but right now I would love to give, I have um, part of what I like to teach is that everyone has the ability to connect right? Everyone. So I have, if they want to go to my website, I have a free workbook that you can grab that um, you just put in your email so I can send you the link. And it is a 14 page workbook that will help you with some very practical exercises that you can do that will help you start to begin to tune in to your intuitive awareness to help you open up to um, your I hate to throw the word psychic out there because that's such strange connotations for people, but we all have, we all have, think about it like this. We all have five senses, you know, most of us that were born healthy and haven't had accidents and things like that can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. However, we also have these, if you want to call them six, the six senses, spiritual senses, I like to call them spiritual senses, but this ability to sense and perceive energy and things from an energetic perspective. So seeing is clairvoyance. It's a French term. Claire means clear. So clairvoyance is a French word meaning clear sight. So clairaudience is clear hearing. So if you think of your five senses and realize that you also have spiritual senses of hearing, sight, 
touch, smell, taste, that we can all perceive energy and information. Energy is just information that moves. So energy is all around us. We're made of energy. So we have the ability to perceive energy. And that's what happens when we get these downloads from spirit, when we're communicating with those on the other side, when we're communicating with those in extra dimensions, you know, angels are very high dimensional beings. When we communicate with our angels and our loved ones, and when we get psychic information from other people, if we're reading their energy. So it's a, it's our spiritual senses. So in order to be able to open up and tune into those senses, it takes a little practice. But I like to make it very practical because it's absolutely something you can build as a skill. Everybody has the ability. It's kind of like, I kind of like it, liken it this way. Anybody can learn how to play basketball. Not everybody's going to be Michael Jordan. So everyone can learn how to tune into their intuition to receive guidance from their loved ones, from their guides, from their angels, from source, from their own soul. But maybe people aren't all going to be, like I said, James Van Prop, but everybody can do it for their own benefit and to be a benefit to others. So the workbook that I put together is it's got five of my best, easiest, practical things you can do to start opening up your spiritual senses and start working with them a little bit. And I think it's a great place to start for people who are new on the path to spirituality or maybe have just gone through an awakening experience and really don't know what to do or who are just simply maybe not being into spirituality at all but they just simply want to learn how to maybe start tapping into their intuition or their, you know, even if you want to look at it from a logical perspective, their gut instinct, you know, if you want to just look at it from that angle, you know, it it all applies. It's applicable to anyone across the board and it's just really practical exercises and things that you can do that I think are really useful and helpful. And which website? Um, It's my website. It's www tanyaalberti.com it's right on the homepage. it's t-o-n-y-a-a-l-b-e-r-t-i okay yep. super wow that's been like whew. <laughs> you're so funny it, it's so much information and it's it's so parallel to my life in so many ways it's we obviously we're supposed to connect and we're supposed to connect today and <laughs> Is there one message that you'd like to leave with everybody in particular? Yeah. Let me see what Spare wants to say. Yeah. Just know that above all else, that you are loved. You are loved. You come from love. You return to love. And We just need to get past that, lift the veil from your eyes and just recognize that we are love, period. And we are, we are fully 100% loved as we are. We, there's nothing we could do. There's nothing we can't do that takes away from that. In the fact that we exist, period, full stop. We don't have to do anything. You know, we just have to be, we just have to be. And that's just a beautiful place to, to come from, to live your life and just being and realizing you don't have to achieve. You don't have to go out and hustle and grind and do all these crazy things, you know, to try to win at life. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the work. You're so that very you, welcome. It's been my honor. The work that you do makes such an important difference. And so 
many lives. And as women, we run the household, period. So to be able to empower women to know who they are, I can't think of a much greater gift than that. So I thank you again for that. Absolutely. My pleasure. Now, remember, all you listeners, to join us every week. Next week, in fact, our guest will be Justin Pogue, who takes affirming action to ease the housing crisis in ways no one else does. Remember to join our Facebook group to ask any questions you have, to share your personal experiences, and to meet other people like you on your spiritual journey and theirs. Visit our podcast website for everything podcast and be sure to check the show notes for all the links shared today. I will see you here next week. You've been listening to a talk on the wilder side. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Get Metaphysical. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in every Monday for more exciting insights and wisdom on life beyond your five senses. Until next time, take a small step in a new direction. Start now.